from Birmingham, Alabama. You're listening to the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress. I'm your host, Gary Furr, and I'm so glad to have you with me today. Whether you're sitting in your favorite chair or riding along in the car, I'm glad we're going to get to spend this time together. Originally, I trained to be a professor, but I'm thankful that I ended up staying in the pastorate. I would have loved a teaching vocation in a university, and I'm sure I would know a lot more because of all the reading I've learned you have to do when you're trying to stay ahead of the brightest students. But mostly, I'm glad because of all that I would not have learned in a university or a seminary. I've lived on the ground Teaching is like flying at 30,000 feet. I've done it as adjunct, and I dearly loved it. But being a pastor is the difference between pilots and farmers. One flies over the earth. The other one tills the same piece of ground year after year, studying, learning, improvising. Teaching was fun because it was more orderly, predictable, and with a lot of paperwork. A congregation is daily chaos, more like a dean of students in a school with 90 grades in it, even newborns. Every day, you got about three hours to get what you considered important done, and then the rest came rolling in. That's how life can be. This last week, my mother fell and sustained serious injuries that sent her to intensive care and Now she's moved to rehab, and we were just in chaos. But on that first day after a 5 a.m. call, a frantic drive to her apartment and two ambulance rides to University Medical Center in Birmingham, the chaos slowed to a waiting room. And it took me back to this blog post that I wrote in 2017. I hope if you're in a waiting room somewhere, outpatient, waiting for a test to come back, waiting on the end, or whatever it is, that maybe it will help you. Here it is. Lessons from the waiting room. This morning I pulled on my clothes at 5.30 a.m. and headed to the hospital to be with a member going into surgery. It took me back to that August day in 2001 when my baby sister had breast cancer. I wasn't pastor that day. I drove to Atlanta, took the day off, and went to be with my family as she fought the toughest fight of her or maybe any of our family's life. She's 12 years my junior. I left for college when she was only five. I adored her more like a doting uncle than a brother, though as adults we've learned to be peers. She's smart, lovely, and it turned out quite a fighter. She went through it survived, and is going strong. Still, I went back to that day years ago. I sat helpless in a waiting room, unsure what the coming hours would bring. And here are some lessons that I learned. Wednesdays are usually the busiest day of the week for a pastor, even surpassing Sundays, at least Baptist preachers. Or at least me. 
That week, Vicki and I spent the day where many of our members find themselves at one time or another in the waiting room. As we awaited my sister's surgery, I found myself in the unusual position of the recipient of visits. As a family, we'd gone through all the decisions, phone calls, prayers, and anxiety that patient families do. Now the day had come, and we had to wait. Here are the lessons I learned in just that one day. The greatest enemy in the waiting room is boredom. You laugh, talk, tell stories, and every now and then find yourself staring at each other waiting for something else to say. Long periods of blanking it out, interspersed with imagining in there. There are so many feelings for just one day. Fear stops by in the morning and pops back in when you least expect it. Hope, love, frustration, weariness, impatience, and irritation. They all pass through. All you can do is sit while they fly through your brain. People have truly different ideas in the waiting room of what the phrase dress appropriately means. Family, friends, and church members are a comfort. You don't have to say much. Just seeing a face and knowing a connection does something for you. All day long, people I hadn't met from her church came by and said over and over in a dozen different ways, we care about you. It was truly humbling. Many friends came by and too graciously gave us over an hour of their busy lives to sit and help us laugh the time away. Three church staff came to comfort us, and it did. Sometimes it's neat just to be her older brother from out of town. No tie. Hospital food must come from a single warehouse. I had the same thing I ate the last time I had a hospital meal. Some of the vegetables seem to be prepared to drum up extra business for the gastro unit. Editor's note, this is better than it used to be. Time is timeless in a hospital. That explains why nothing starts when it is scheduled and why things go on longer than you were told, which reminds me of the little Catholic boy who visited a Baptist church with his friend for the first time and said, what does it mean in your church when the preacher takes off his watch and lays it on the pulpit? The Baptist boy said, it don't mean anything at all. It's why surgery feels like eternity when you're waiting on it. You overhear some really interesting conversations. Over in the corner, a man from Jamaica recited the entire genealogy of his family to two kinswomen loud enough for all of us to hear intermittently. No, 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 your uncle Elias. See, he was my brother's cousin, and that went for two hours, forming a Caribbean book of chronicles until finally, I think, they got back to the present day. I believe the conversation only started with a single question about a nephew. Sorry, I asked, I imagine them saying, as night fell. There's plenty of time in the waiting room to think about important things how much you love the important people in your life, 
how wonderful church can be when the chips are down, what really matters in life, and how connected we all are. There are a lot of people in trouble in this world, people from everywhere, people who wouldn't say hello to each other on the street. Now they smile and ask each other how it's going. Thinking about my friends back home praying for us helped. God truly is with us, even in the waiting room. In the waiting room, you're all the same. Democrat, Republican, affluent suburbanite, poor rural family, educated and street smart, old and tired, and toddlers rambunctious. Too bad we can't keep that in our minds when we go home. The man next to me is worried about his wife. The lady over there and her friend are laughing. Someone else is praying. If we all hang in there, we'll get through this day. Wait and pray and hope. I wrote a song called The Cross Through the Window. It was from my first CD about pulling up to a stoplight and looked at a van and saw some workers there and those judging thoughts passed through about who they were. And then right on the other side of that van where I could see directly through the window past the driver, I saw a church sanctuary and a cross and I felt an instant moment of shame. And this song began to come in bits and pieces. The second verse has flitted through my mind so many times in hospitals, above the heads of sufferers. It is the doorway of compassion. The waiting room is a very powerful place. And it is the place where, sooner or later, everyone in this world, no exceptions, has to come and be humbled and learn. I was sitting at an intersection at the end of the day A dirty van pulled up beside me Three or four men, hard to say I judged them to be trouble Poor and not my kind Then my eye looked through the window All the way to the other side And I saw a sign And I saw a sign There was a cross on a church It was thick and deep and strong I saw it through their window Saying something wrong At first I thought it was a Bible On the dashboard near the man Like maybe he was a preacher in an inner city van And I wondered if I'd failed to see The men that they could really be Until I saw that cross 
through the window I was walking with my head down in a hospital hall A lot of people in trouble, they were sitting near the wall I stood and looked outside just to catch the view Above the heads of sufferers waiting on bad news And I saw a sign And I saw a sign There was a cross in a graveyard On a distant hill nearby I saw it through the window As it caught my eye I thought how out of place it looked In this nice part of town Where all the people look good and they never fall down But I wondered if I'd understood All the things about them that I should After I saw that cross Through the window You can hang a cross around your neck Or stick it on your car But it won't do a bit of good Until it tells you who you are You can think you know somebody You can think you know yourself Until you find the rest of it And stumble out of hell Sometimes it's not the bad things that fail to set you free But the deeper good within them If only you will see The cross through the window The cross through the window I'm Gary Furr, and this is the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress. Thanks for joining me today. You can find my music at G-A-F-U-R-R, G-A-Furr.com, and you can go to my blog site for lots of other information and writings at GaryFurr.me, G-A-R-Y-F-U-R-R.me. Once again, thank you so much 
Join me next time on the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress.